Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, is it okay to let your feelings show at work, or will your career suffer? A man and woman doing the same thing, she's going to be viewed as emotional and out of control, but a man will maybe be seen as passionate or just having a bad day. And for some women, managing colleagues' perceptions is a part-time job. I'm constantly thinking about the whole presentation, body language, you know, what my facial expression must look like, the tone of my voice, the volume of my voice. Coming up on The Broad Experience. I read quite a few interviews with women executives, and in these pieces, the women are always asked about advice they may have for other women. One piece of advice that's offered repeatedly is the same one writer Anne Kramer got when she joined the workforce in the 70s. Whatever you do, do not let them see you cry. There was this communicated among women um, sense that if you showed any kind of emotion, you would never be considered for management. And that the only way you could sort of rise through the ranks was to button down every emotional display, and that would ensure that you would sort of, you know, be executive material. Haven't we moved on, or do women still have to worry about being perceived as weak if we shed the occasional tear? It depends on who you ask. Caroline Turner is a former lawyer. She was also the first woman in the executive ranks at the beer company Coors. These days she runs her own company, Difference Works. She's written a book with the same name. She teaches businesses how to use gender differences to their advantage. When it comes to tears, though, she says there are few advantages. The business workplace in North America and in Europe, men created it, and therefore its foundation is masculine norms, and masculine norms are it's not okay to show those soft emotions. Now, if you're listening in another part of the world, I'd love to hear from you, because at a recent event, I met a French woman. She told me it's much more acceptable to let emotions slip out at work if you live in a Latin country. But Caroline Turner is based in Colorado. She advises women to manage their tears, in part because men find them awkward. In my workshops, I ask women, you know, how many of you have ever cried at work? Lots of hands go up. And I ask men, how many of you have felt uncomfortable when a woman cries around you, hands go up. But she says it's no use telling people not to cry because it's inevitably going to happen from time to time. It's a question of what you do when you feel that telltale prickle at the back of your eyes, that tightness in your throat. Caroline's been there. Once she told a male boss to just ignore her tears because crying was what she did when she got frustrated. Another time? I literally dug a thumbnail into my palm to try to distract myself and stop. But a more useful piece of advice might be, if you can't stop it or talk your way through it, call a break. For example, I'm upset about this. I don't want to talk to you until I've had time to gather myself and think about it. So I'll call you later and reschedule. 
And then you go into the ladies' room and have your cry. But all that is because, Ashley, the workplace says it's not okay. And that actually makes me pretty sad. You know, the masculine norm is keep the emotions out of this. Just stick with the facts. What I found in my research, in fact, is the sort of exact opposite. That's Anne Kramer again. She's the author of a book called It's Always Personal, Navigating Emotion in the New Workplace. I found that there's no what I call tissue sealing, that people at all levels of management reported that they, in fact, had cried in the workplace, and that other people viewed the expression of emotion at work as a humanizing force, as something that sort of showed empathy and compassion, and that it was women who were the harshest critics of other women who cried in the workplace. When men saw a woman, and I did a statistical analysis with J. Walter Thompson sort of, you know, really sort of tabulating all this, and when women saw other women cry at work, they viewed it as a personal failure, a kind of moral uh, failing on their part, that they'd let the home team down. Whereas when a man saw a woman cry at work, it was like, oh, she cried, it happens. Next. She wrote the book in part because she wanted to work out why women felt so bad about themselves after crying at work. Her research led her to the science of tears. Women's and men's tear ducts are anatomically different. Men's are larger than women's, so that a man and a woman might be feeling the exact same degree of emotional distress, and his eyes will only sort of well up, whereas a woman's tears will spill out and down her face and make her look as if she's more out of control, when in fact it's just, you know, an anatomical difference. It's crazy. And then the second thing is that women produce more prolactin, which is the hormone that triggers tears. So from the get-go, women are kind of hardwired to cry more frequently, and when they do cry, to have their tears be more visible. She too knows this firsthand. In the 90s, she was an executive at US children's channel Nickelodeon. The company had just signed a big deal to distribute their video and audio products with Sony, a deal she and her team had brought to fruition. And I was celebrating in my office with my colleagues and I, who had all worked 18 months putting this deal together. And the phone rang, and it was um, Sumner Redstone. Sumner Redstone is the American media magnate who owns Viacom, which owns Nickelodeon. And I sort of naively thought, oh, how awesome. He's calling me for the first time ever to congratulate me on a great job, when instead he just started to berate me instantly for having failed to move the Viacom stock price with the announcement of this deal. So I went from cloud nine to kind of abject misery, literally within the space of 90 seconds, uh, over this man's um, anger, frothing out of the other end of the telephone receiver at me. After he slammed the phone down, she burst into tears and immediately felt ashamed. She stewed over the incident and her reaction to it for hours, days, but some years later, she made a discovery. When I wrote the book about emotion in the workplace, I went back and interviewed everybody who had been in the room at the time. Actually also tried to interview Sumner Redstone, who amusingly um, declined <laughs> the opportunity to talk with me. But I was the only one who remembered the incident with the clarity that I did. One other person said, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember that. But what happens with emotion is that if you ruminate on it. You know, I went home and I was chewing over this thing. They went home and had drinks or met their family or did whatever they did and completely forgot about it. 
And so that's another one of the sort of interesting little elements of this is that, you know, we all take things far more seriously than the majority of people who happen to be observers of them. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is a new concept in eyewear, founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty objective, to create boutique-quality, classically-crafted eyewear at a revolutionary price. By circumventing traditional channels and engaging with customers directly through their website, Warby Parker is able to provide higher-quality, better-looking prescription eyewear at a fraction of the usual price – The Warby Parker aesthetic is vintage-inspired with a contemporary twist. Available exclusively through the Broad Experience's Warby Parker page at warbyparker.com forward slash broad. Glasses start at $95. The Home Try-On program lets you order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to you. You can then try them on in the comfort of your own home. Users can keep the frames for five days before sending them back free using the prepaid return shipping label with no obligation to purchase. Head to warbyparker.com forward slash broad to test out your favorite frames today. Again, that's warbyparker.com forward slash B-R-O-A-D. And thanks. Sociologist Marianne Cooper says there's no doubt women have more to contend with when it comes to showing their feelings at work. Marianne is with the Clayman Institute for Gender Research at Stanford University. She was also the lead researcher on Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. She says both men and women see women in a certain light, and that influences our responses to female behavior. It really starts from a belief that women are just inherently more emotional than men. And so... A man and a woman can have the exact same response to something, but it will be viewed differently because we are expecting that women are going to be more emotional. So a man and woman doing the same thing, she's going to be viewed as emotional and out of control, but a man will maybe be seen as passionate or just having a bad day. Take anger. Yale University research has shown women who display anger in the workplace lose status in the eyes of observers. These women are seen as being less worthy of a raise and as less competent. Men who get angry? They're seen as just as competent as usual, and sometimes they even gain status. Marianne Cooper says women face a double bind. If you don't show emotion, in some ways you can get higher status as a result of that, but then... You're not really conforming to how people expect you to behave as a woman. So you you might be penalized for not being friendly or warm or nurturing. If you're too friendly or you're too nurturing or too emotional, then you're penalized for something else, which is about you know not being competent, not being um, even keeled, not being calm under pressure. So it is a, a tightrope that women do walk. I asked her about crying and the advice senior women still give – just try not to do it. That is, senior women with the notable exception of Sheryl Sandberg. She says we should be able to be authentic at work. Marianne says recommending that we curb our tears still makes sense given many workplaces are pretty buttoned up. But I think ultimately you have to understand, and I'm sure that that all of these women do, that there are going to be moments that are just, again, human, and we're not automatons. We can't control our emotions and regulate them every second of our lives. My hope would be that we can work towards a system 
where women don't have to work so hard just to be taken seriously. And that that's the kind of change we need where when people cry, it's not perceived as a weakness. It's not perceived as being too emotional. It's not perceived as being poor performance under pressure. It's just being seen as human. But for some women in particular, being human, being able to be themselves at work, that's something that feels a long way off. When I put out a call on a LinkedIn professional women's group about this topic, I was inundated with responses. One of the women who got back to me was Kim Norris. She works for a healthcare technology company in the southern U.S. She trains staff who work in medical coding. My experience has been that if you express any type of emotion, even at times elation, it can be detrimental for your reputation. Kim is African-American and Latina. She says being half Latina, she uses her hands a lot when she talks, and she says her whole clan is pretty loud. Generally, she's not shy about expressing emotion. But often over the years at various jobs, she's had to tamp down her feelings for fear of how she'll be perceived and what she says are stereotypes about her race. I mean, even amongst um, my female peers, I think that there are times when they feel that, you know, they, they feel somewhat intimidated or they feel that I'm going to display aggressive behavior because I am African-American. Just the other day, um, my boss called me into my into the office and wanted to discuss some possibilities for training and things like that. And she asked me my opinion. And as I started to give it to her, she said, now, wait a minute before you go there, before I go where I haven't said anything yet, you know, really. And, you know, that kind of thing. So it's like I'm constantly thinking about the whole presentation, body language, you know, what my facial expression must look like, the tone of my voice, the volume of my voice. Which gets pretty exhausting. Kim got her bachelor's degree at 40. She's now in her mid-40s and she's about to get her master's in business administration. She says she's proud of what she's achieved professionally and educationally. Yet despite her qualifications, work can still be fraught with small, everyday communication hiccups. I find myself at times even not contributing as I would if um, if I had the freedom to not have that stereotype come before me. Um, there are times when I feel that it's better to to not say anything at all than to say something and possibly be misunderstood. So, you know, you really choose your words very carefully. And I feel like it hinders me professionally a lot of the times because it's easier for me to perhaps send an email or write a memo versus actually being in a room and interacting with my peers. At least with an email, she can work out exactly what she wants to say and how she wants to say it ahead of time. But she wishes she didn't have to. When it comes to what people see as stereotypically female traits, John Gersimer says there's good news, or at least he thinks it's good news. He's the author of The Athena Doctrine, how women and the men who think like them will rule the future. For his book, he surveyed 64,000 people in countries around the world. It turns out his respondents favoured certain qualities in a leader. It's like collaboration, sharing credit, empathy, selflessness, and long-term thinking. And it got us to understand that there is an emergent form of leadership that's very different from the command and control structures of the 20th century. A form of leadership, he says, that's much more aligned with the way women tend to do things. 
and he insists that as a society we are heading in this direction. You ask any leader, you're in a world today that's highly social, highly interdependent, sort of high, highly dynamic, and you're talking about continuously engaging communities, employees, and other stakeholders, and that's where I think these skills and competencies that that people associate as, as being more feminine become really important tools for success. Including, he says, being vulnerable in public from time to time. Author Anne Kramer says women spend too much time blaming themselves after breaking down or blowing up at work. She says that has to stop. Don't beat yourself up about it and move on, because certainly men are not. You know, they may explode in the office and three seconds later they're down the hallway telling a joke. We cannot continue to beat ourselves up and ever hope to have a kind of normal balance or be good leaders at our workplaces. We'll end on that positive note. Thanks to all my guests for participating in this show. That's the Broad Experience for this time. As usual, you can find out more information about my guests and these topics at thebroadexperience.com. The Broad Experience is part of the Mule Radio Syndicate. Go to muleradio.net to check out their other great podcasts, including another female-hosted podcast, Destination DIY. It's all about creativity. There's going to be a bit of a gap before a new show comes out. I have a job that means I don't have the bandwidth to produce another show at the usual time, but I will be back several weeks from now. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.